0: It's, it's on the cusp of every supporter's lips. Oh. Not The topic, the, not Fletcher's bowels, the, of this course. This
1: podcast is over. How
0: you doing Ed? I'm very good and apparently apparently so is Darren Fletcher. He's he's on the mend, not ready to come back but feeling better of course. We know from the previous information we've been given about his particular condition that this is a condition that can come and go in waves so uh, just because he's feeling better doesn't mean that we're likely to see him back in the United shirt anytime soon. No, but
1: it would be of course lovely if he could make a proper full recovery but obviously that's very unclear. United certainly could have used Darren Fletcher on Monday night. Monday night Sky Sports 1 not Channel 5 Uh, Gary Neville's punditry was the really the only thing of true excellence to come out of Manchester United that night
0: well unlike Gary Neville United definitely did fanny around a bit didn't they
1: they did an, an, an awfully disjointed performance and I watching it couldn't help but feel a little bit Unsurprised by how disjointed it was given the central midfield partnership of Giggs and Carrick. A strange decision to rest Paul Scholes, I thought.
0: Yeah, it it was a strange decision given that it was eight days since the last game and Scholes has been in such good form and pretty crucial to United's functional midfield at the moment. So yes, uh, I guess the idea is that uh, he's 37 and they want to give him a rest make sure he's ready for the rest of the, the running and home game against a, a team United almost always beats and, and all of that probably as good a time as any to to give skulls a rest but yeah it caused a bit of a problem, Giggs gave the ball away a lot as we've discussed before I mean it's skulls 90 plus past completion Giggs around 70 it tells a, a story of, of uh, United's use of the ball in midfield and, and in truth although Ferguson said that United dominated the game it, it really was a kind of strange kind of domination wasn't it, I mean first 15-20 minutes that Fulham had quite a few chances or certainly part of the game and certainly the last 10 minutes some excellent chances and, and in the end it came down to some good fortune with a penalty call that certainly could have gone against United and, and the fact that Fulham didn't finish off the chances that they had and and United and all the supporters would be very grateful to get away with a 1-0 win
1: Yeah absolutely and you know before the game you're in that well scrappy 1-0 win or bite your hand off for that sort of mode but there was a lot of talk about goal difference before this game and it felt like there was a certain sense of hubris about that given you know we had to win the game first before worrying about improving our goal difference significantly although of course it's another plus one and we're within three goals of Manchester City's goal difference now which uh, looked a far off goal earlier in the season
0: it certainly did especially when they stuck six past us at Trafford I don't either. know
1: what you're talking about
0: so if- if if there was hubris and and some incorrect predictions about the nature and the the scoreline in the Fulham game, then certainly not about City's trip to Stoke, where I think we all predicted and felt that Stoke would give City a real hard game and the fact that City really can't score any goals or many goals away from home at the moment and had Peter Crouchino on on the Stoke City side he scored an absolute belter of a goal then kind of felt as predicted that game and another two points additional from United. It's a very good weekend even if the performance against Fulham wasn't really up to scratch.
1: Amazing scenes from Peter Crouch. Extraordinary piece of leg sticking out in the right direction at the right time with the right force.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure some physicists would have, uh, have some, uh, or some uh, civil engineers would have some stuff to say about that one. I, I think it's the leverage with those eight foot long legs that created that goal.
1: It just makes him look, I mean, he always looks big, but when he really sticks the leg miles out, kind of up into the air, it makes him look like an giant when he does stuff like that but I mean fantastic and and the fact is that we did win against Fulham and and yes it was unimpressive and it's uh, in the manner of the victory but it's a very impressive result given that City had managed to retake top spot in the league albeit on goal difference
0: albeit on goal difference yeah and and look there's next four games all of United's games against teams in the bottom six without a hint of hubris these, these games United absolutely do need to win I mean obviously we will come on to Blackburn away in a bit and Blackburn have hit some semblance of form I guess just about-ish despite being so awful earlier in the season and and that's the tie that's probably been tricky over the years so that could be a stumbling block but realistic, United should get 12 points out of the next 12 pressure is telling on City no matter how much Patrick Fierro bleats about how desperate United are to have Paul goals back or how the refs are all on United's side and yada 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 it is telling, City need to start getting results, they're not getting results they've got some tricky away ties and we could, as we've said before come round to the Derby on April the 30th of United significantly in the league uh,
1: yeah I don't know city's home form is incredibly good though isn't it and and they've really got one properly difficult away tie and one which has the potential to be difficult but Norwich are completely safe and not really got anything significant to play for for the rest of the season so that might not be as tough as it otherwise may have been listen uh Fulham on Monday night what did you make of United's performance what what was you, what were your takeaways from it
0: it was just very flat there's seemed to be a lack of urgency and I I don't mean that in terms of you know playing at pace so United certainly played at pace but it wasn't the right kind of tempo sometimes it was all kind of pace and actually first 15 minutes no pace at all the balance of the side wasn't quite right didn't feel like United uh, were urgent enough that's not a a case of not wanting it enough but uh, at the right times they needed to speed the play up and that didn't happen and generally speaking it just wasn't as fluent as we'd like to see United play that uh, and Fulham played pretty well I think thought especially going forward they uh, stuck to it up front they weren't like many sides who were solely concentrating on defending I mean they certainly defended in numbers after the first two minutes to about minute 10 they defended and then really came out and had some good chances and David hey had to make some saves and you say in the first half he made more saves than Mark Schwarzer in the opposite goal so credit to Fulham I guess it wasn't a good United performance though at all and truthfully got away with it I mean I know Ferguson chose to concentrate largely on the handball that wasn't given, and it could have been given, although it would have been pretty hard uh, on the player who's uh, about a yard away from Patrice ever And Michael Carrick's foul, definitely a foul, and I, I guess the referee can be excused because he probably saw the ball diverted away at an angle. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean the whole penalty thing is ridiculous Vieira Office Monkey asking what we think of Vieira's comments about United's decisions that decisions United get at home or otherwise and we'll think it's ridiculous obviously Patrick Vieira doesn't seem to be helping his team very much by drawing attention to things going on at United he's losing in the mind games to Fergie I, mind games the whole thing is complete nonsense it's he said she said at the moment but 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 yeah I mean the Newcastle decision is the most obvious one isn't it
0: yeah absolutely 1-1 uh, one, one draw at our traffic yeah and Ryan Giggs said that they even out over the course of the season I'm sure they do I don't believe for a minute United get favourable decisions and there's that website isn't there Deb decisions that counts them all up and I think United would- quite low down on that table of whether the decision went in their favour or not and how many points it's cost uh, you over the course of the season so I don't buy Patrick Vieira's comments uh, it's one for the referees isn't it uh, I think it's a bit desperate, it just makes him sound that uh, they're focused on United and, and not on their own results and whereas United are very much focused on churning out the points even even if the performances aren't outstanding all the time and that, that's kind of difference between the two sides really isn't it, it's, it's City still with a chip on their shoulders, still focused on United all the time. So...
1: Any decent performances from United players? I thought Valencia was, again, our biggest threat.
0: Yeah, I mean, he certainly wasn't as good as he was the week previously. Not nearly as consistent. Uh, you got to praise the back five, I guess. Johnny Evans had another excellent game. Fair to fair to say he's United's definitely second-choice central defender. May even be the first name on the team sheet. He's playing so well at the moment. And, and, and De Gea had a solid game. No mistakes. Hasn't made a mistake for weeks and weeks and weeks now. And, and so you've got to be pleased about that. I mean, in fact was clean sheet for United and, and if we get clean sheets every single game from here until the end of the season we'll be pretty damn close to winning the title. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, I mean, I guess I'm struggling to find interesting things to say about that game. I I really don't understand why Fergie didn't place goals and and took the risk of the disjointedness that happens pretty much every time Giggs is in the midfield. I guess the one thing that often happens when Giggs plays in the midfield is he creates goals and that didn't happen. So the, the gamble kind of didn't quite pay off but ultimately three points clean sheet one goal nudged off the goal difference and and with three points clear at the top of the table
0: absolutely and that's that's what counts of course I mean we'd, we'd like to see United stick five in every week hopefully it'll happen next week against Blackburn although I, I can't say I see it although United's form away from home is probably better than form at home at the moment so there you go maybe Skulls he'll return for the Blackburn game I'm sure that'll be a game where patience is required and United needs to kick the ball and, and I'm sure he'll be back in the side now, one final end note on this one. Some ridiculous commentary about Michael Carrick this week. I mean, I know I tweeted it, and I don't tend to tweet absolute nonsense commentary, but they're they two in very quick succession articles. One about how Carrick is going to cost United the title. Uh, this is after <laughs> he had a 92% pass completion rate. The interesting stat for you, anti-Michael Carrick brigade, the son of them left, people say he passes the ball backwards all the time. 10% of more than 1,500 passes in the Premier League have gone backwards from Michael there you go another article uh, even more ridiculous that suggested uh, based on Martin Yell praising Michael Carrick that uh, Fulham were after him because uh, Carrick has
1: failed at United yeah I think well that's like Unbelievable. Where did that come from then? Proper journalists or random bloggers?
0: Well, randoms in semi-official professional media. Right, okay. The
1: the, the last
0: semi-professional media being the evening
1: standard. <laughs> semi-professional being appropriate. I mean, Michael Carrick has probably been United's Player of the Season. I mean, I'm looking forward to the discussions we have about Player of the Season because I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you say David De Gea's uh, not made any mistakes for ages. In the tunnel... Decent close-up of the hair. Can't help thinking that whilst that beard may be getting results, it's not doing him any favours facially. I, I I think he's trying to become
0: Brian Blessed, isn't he? So I I just picture him in Flash Gordon, you know, the film from the nineteen eighties. Disney's put on a few pounds, well, two hundred pounds. Yeah,
1: another one of himself again. And there you go. He could he could be him. Flash. Ah, uh, that that'll be
0: the entirety of my singing this week. Very good. So a couple of other things this week. If we're done with Fulham, Rio. Ferdinand suggestions that he may be getting a new contract. He's actually got a contract not till 2012 or 20... 20- 13 so he has a more than a year left on his contract anyway but suggestions that he'll get an additional year on top of that which would be attractive to him especially uh, coming up to 34 now and and, uh, a two-year contract gives him a bit of security although it would mean a hefty pay cut so what do you think about this one i mean he's certainly going to be at united next season i would think now Uh, ferguson came out and praised him this week and i think we all felt that rio was very close to going like well he was very close to leaving united last summer uh, but looks like he'll be on for uh, more than a decade at the club by the time he finally leaves
1: yeah I I did not think he was very close to leaving in the summer I mean I know I know there was a lot of talk but it didn't feel like he was just about to be out the door I mean maybe he was close to fixing an exit for the end of this season but it seemed remarkably unlikely to me that he would leave given that what Rio seems to care about more than anything else is winning trophies that that seems to be his whole thing when it comes to football
0: uh, and brand Rio, <laughs> of course well yeah actually.
1: but you know as, as a professional athlete what he wants is to win isn't it and and there's obviously no better place to do that than United and I mean he's obviously an extremely wealthy man already so money is probably not as motivating factor in in contract decisions no
0: a, a decade at united on uh, extremely large wages uh, have ensured that he never needs to work again after this and of course his focus is on his media empire and commercial exploits and, and all of that so uh, i can't see him going to the middle east or china or anything like that or russia uh, i could see him going to the states of course, yeah and that, this this was the the very strong hint backed up by some very good sources on this one that uh, rio and his people were definitely looking at that last summer and United were prepared to countenance that now it didn't happen and I would be really surprised if United let him go in the coming summer they'll They'll probably want to hedge their bets there. Uh, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling not definite certainties to play every week. Jones you know, still has some development to do. Um, Evans has an excellent last uh, few weeks at United. He continues it to next season. I mean, there's certainly no question in leaving, but um, there's, uh, there's a question then of whether Evans will be first choice, but we don't know what's happening with Manu Vidic and how fit he'll be. He says he'll be back in July, but such a serious injury, we don't know to what quality. So there are quite a few question marks at the back, given the limited funds, Ferguson likely to have he has other priorities for certain. Uh, you know, the right-back, we think, sealed already. You know, midfield, maybe even a striker, um, depending on how much money is in the pot. Uh, and and so central defence won't be an area that Ferguson's looking to spend money in. So it all points to Rio staying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's got to be a good thing. I mean, you stay over a decade at a club and it's interesting Rio's place in, in the affections of United fans. I mean, there was a, a little period where it wasn't sure whether he'd sign a big contract extension. And I remember, you know, sign your contract chance at him and stuff
0: well and this was just after he'd spent eight months out after you know receiving a ban for forgetting to do a drug test i mean as unfair as that decision was in many ways and you know oh god we could go back into that one again but definitely unfair and unprecedented it was the wrong time to pick to start a war with the club over a contract
1: well yeah although of course from the player's perspective it was exactly the key time to do that given his kind of potential you know going into the highest earning phase of his career And definitely the top performing phase of his career Yeah, Um, And you know, he's always been a bit London For United, hasn't he? He's always been a bit flashy And a bit kind of, you know, geezer bloke But he's been an immense, immense player for us For such a long time And I really like him I really, you know, his public persona is a bit Dippy or whatever, but I just kind of enjoy his presence in the public eye. He he seems to have a balance of of you know self promotion with actual genuine content on his Twitter feed, and he's kind of open about what he thinks without being offensive to you know without causing a massive media storm every time he says anything. You know, I I just think he he seems like a a sort of decent bloke. You we know? are obviously reading a, a bit into it from a distance, but I, I kind of like him, and and I definitely think he's up there with the centre back greats in United's history in terms of his class
0: yes I mean he's had a fine eight and a half seasons with United or, or let's call it eight with the time he had out and uh, looks like he'll go on for a ninth definitely so uh, maybe more uh yep yeah, he's been excellent for United uh proven to be value for money even at 30 million I guess given all the trophies United have won whether he's nice bloke is open to interpretation his wife that uh, he is regularly allegedly Cheated on, might not think that, and uh, and he has got this kind of flash persona and, and the red issue moniker of Wobbly Gobbed Tosser has never really left him, has it? And, and and all of that. Yeah, he's 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 not always been discreet in, in how he is, and of course you know we like Paul's goals and and his manner of doing things much more, don't we? But but uh, in terms of on the pitch, he's been an outstanding player for United, and and given that Ferguson in November said uh, he'd lost a yard of pace and needed to adapt his game, and there were a lot of question marks about Rio's future, he's. He's come back very strongly. He he doesn't miss many games. Hasn't missed many in the last few months at all, has he? Seems to have got the back issue under control. They've pulled him off after an hour the last two games and it's just I guess they recognise when he has a problem and make sure he doesn't go on and doesn't cause any additional damage and that's the right way to do things one question though of course about him carrying on is that that he will be 34 soon and next season you'd think they might want to use him sparingly but but it's a problem in central defence and we've seen a problem with Rio his form definitely dips when he's out with injury is his form going to dip if he's rotated is central defence an area you want to rotate I mean I would suggest not so and that, that does kind of point to Rio's role in the United side squad being diminished significantly next season.
1: Yeah, and I was I was just going to make that exact point, really. I wonder whether his career is going to go downhill pretty quickly as well. Because we've seen him take longer and longer to come back from injury, come back into form from injury. And, and as you say, rotation could have a, a hugely negative effect on that and the stability of United's defence. But I wonder whether Fergie's also thinking, given... the the way he's planning to set United up, having a kind of less pacey, more deep-lying defender week in, week out, and the physical demands aren't going to be quite so strong on Rio. I mean, he does spend large parts of the game quite literally not doing anything. You know, he, he sort of strolls about in our half when the ball's in their half, and Johnny Evans is always the one kind of doing the running, and Rio's making sure he stands in the place the ball's going to be, you know, and all that stuff. Yes, well, and a nice segue into another player who does
0: not very much on the pitch, and more literal in Michael Owen's case, but (laughs) he says this week that he'd like to stay in football for another three years, uh, hinted that he'd like to stay on at United, and uh, it's really up to the manager to decide that one. You can't see this, can you? Uh, Could Owen get a another year's contract i mean i suppose if you really wanted to take the, the glazonomic scenario to its ultimate extreme they would not spend on another striker after Bobatov leaves this summer and Machado is sold and give owen the fourth choice spot in in attack and another year contract in a fourth year at united you can't see that can you
1: yeah i, I can see it. it it doesn't sound like good news that the other glazenomics factor is you probably don't have to pay michael owen anything you probably just say okay you get if you play and that's obviously never going to happen at Don McDowell says in fact we all laugh about Owen getting a new contract but I genuinely feel it could happen is he going to be the fourth choice next season I just hope not but you don't you know you can definitely see it and uh, Ferguson seems to value his presence around the place generally because otherwise why would he have got another contract this this year I mean he, he adds nothing to the squad does he he's always always injured he's lost So much from his game. He's only really... Apart from that wonderful winner he scored in the derby his significant contributions for United have always been in the Carling Cup against really terrible sides well I don't know it just doesn't doesn't seem plausible to me
0: well Owen's a horse man so if I, if I said would I like him to stay on at United I'd have to say nay
1: oh that's terrible Sorry. but look
0: in truth in all seriousness he seems to be focused on his horses more than the football these days I and mean, it's all he ever tweets about what I'd quote from him now and then from a, an interview and I mean you know he's he's a man who despite all the wealth he's accumulated over years he's pretty humble about it and uh, I think he knows he gets an awful lot of stick uh, and so he recognizes that and, and he seems a nice enough chap you know even for one who darkened our doors from uh, his presence uh, at Anfield all those years ago so I, I don't despise him despite that I mean, I mean that that's all mitigated by the fact that uh, Liverpool supporters absolutely hate him so it irritates them it's good it's good uh, for that reason alone, I suppose but you're right he's added absolutely no value for United I mean I I really some utter nonsense on Twitter about uh, Owen having debates with people who say, oh he's good for the kids I- in what sense, I mean any game he plays is a game that uh, younger players can't, uh, he can't teach them anything when he's on the treatment table Maybe he might be a, a nice influence around the, the squad, but it's not like United's short of experienced players Paul goals and Ryan Giggs, we have uh, 1500 games worth of experience for United there, so I'm not sure how much value he's adding there certainly not adding goals against, he's scored one goal Against what you might call the the big five rivals in three years at United, more than half his goals are coming the Carling Cup. Take away those three goals against Wolfsburg, which was you know a weird game. All in all, he's got one in the Champions League. His value is is almost nothing. I mean, he's 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 not he's like you know started the season like fifth choice striker. Uh, he's he's a, a player will play in second tier games only. And what's the point when we could have a young player playing who wouldn't cost much either? I don't see the logic in any of it, and uh, I'd be really sad and actually quite angry given he's got the number 7 shirt if he gets another season at United.
1: They'll have to take the number 7 shirt off him, surely. Well, why would they? Why? Would I they? guess. Talking of shirt numbers, uh, we've had a question about who should get the number 9 shirt if Berbatov leaves. I find it difficult to discuss this because it raises the possibility that Berbatov will leave, uh, which I know I'm going to have to come to terms with. But Welbeck or Chicharito? Uh,
0: I have no opinion. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much, does it? You know. No. Despite that little rant about the number 7 shirt Shirt there, uh, it's not that important. I, I guess they can toss a coin if one of them cares.
1: Yeah, I mean, and also, I know it's sort of ridiculous, but the number seven shirt does have a, a weight that the number nine shirt doesn't have at United. You know, a significance. Well, right,
0: look, they, there's been some you know, outstanding players who had number seven shirt, haven't they? You know, Beckham had it for a while. Cantona, Best. Steve Koppel.
1: Yeah, little little, somewhat half-known figure that's gone on to do OK in the Liga called Cristiano Ronaldo, of course.
0: Mr. Ronaldo, yes.
1: 100 goals in 92 games for Real Madrid in Spain. I, I feel sick just talking about it. The man is a
0: machine. He really is. And, and, and the remarkable thing is that he has played sick at second fiddle every week as Leo Messi scores. One brilliant goal after another. In fact, I mean, he doesn't score one goal, does he? He scores one brilliant hat-trick or quintet (laughs) of goals after another.
1: It is really odd that the two of them are around at the same time. And it must be, it must just knock Ronaldo to no extent. I mean, he has just broken the record for quickest to 100 goals in Spanish football. A record that was held by Ferenc Pushkash from a time when, you know, it was 17 strikers on the pitch. Try saying that in a Sean Connery accent. Ferenc Pushkash. Uh, it's just exactly the same uh, but yeah from from a time when you know they didn't really have defenders in football and every game was 8-0 but- that's pretty much La Liga now, of course, when, when Real Madrid and Barcelona play. Every game's pretty much 8-0. But 192 for Real Madrid. Just amazing. And I guess congratulations to a player that United's website keeps on insisting on calling a Manchester United legend.
0: Yes. <laughs> Interesting way of putting it for an ex-United player. So another player who has not scored 100 goals. Probably won't ever get 100 goals uh, if his career goes on the current path. Kiko Machado. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago, of course, didn't we? we did discussing whether United might need a fourth striker in the summer. Uh, he's been injured, got an ankle injury, won't play at all for the rest of the season. Talk about a dog's dinner of a season for him. Uh, injury, uh, reserves, uh, another disastrous loan. and uh, His career has gone south extremely rapidly.
1: Yeah, at Jack underscore Cannings, asking whether we think he should stay or go, especially given this latest injury setback. I'm pretty sure we said on the show last week, well, you said you were almost certain that Makeda would go, and I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think he'll find his level because i i think he's he's not a player without talent he's just not of the highest level of quality, I don't think. But but I, I definitely think he'll find his level and have a successful career, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he will. He just he doesn't feel like a player who has the right mental attitude right at the moment. Maybe, maybe we'll come back. I mean, we, we talked about him and Welbeck didn't we, a couple of weeks ago. Interesting that Welbeck had an utter stinker of a match against Fulham. Didn't he? His touch was all over the place. He was trying, trying to control it. He kicked it about 10 yards forward. So, uh, let's hope that was a one-off, because uh, it didn't it didn't all go well. But, you know, his his career's on the rise. Welbeck's and Michelle is definitely on the side. He needs to make a really good decision in the summer uh, about uh, what he's going to do, whether it, you know, whether it's a move or a loan. He needs to make a really good decision, pick the right club and get some luck, of course. One thing that might be terrible for him is if United seek a fee and seek a fee that's bigger than the market is prepared to support like they did with Cusack. Uh, and Dioff last summer and both of them ended up staying on as a result and Cusack's finally gone away on loan and he'll leave on a free in the summer and, and Dioff left uh, 1.5 million to Hanover, scored a bunch of goals. Funnily enough, he's got 5-9 in or something like that. I mean, it might even be more than that now after the weekend. And, but it was a, they were seeking a bigger fee than that to start with and they ended up taking a, taking a loss on that deal.
1: Yeah, Darren Gibson as well, same situation. I wonder if they'll make that same choice with Mikado. I think they might do as well, especially if they think there's any chance that Makeda will come good at some point, but it, it just seems very unlikely that that'll be the case. I know he has his fans amongst United fans. I mean, he did, of course, provide us with a magic, magic moment once upon a Makeda! time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but there's there's they've been few and far between haven't they and and his first time I mean, you mentioned Danny Welbeck's first touch but uh, Makeda's first touch has looked leaden for two seasons really it was interesting that Welbeck and Chicharito seem to have swapped first touches for a few games Chicharito took the ball on his instep span
0: whacked a 50 yard pass out to the right wing
1: <laughs> it's it's weird isn't it, it stunning it's weird it was skulls esque United you know, are weird I think it's fair to say this season has just been weird from start to finish
0: well we Weird is a good word. Weird is a good word. It's a word that could be applied to many things, including Bebe. Uh, Weird name weird player weird deal uh, and weirdly he's returned Hooray! he's come back from a cruciate knee injury and came off the bench for Besiktas uh, the other night and played against Istanbul Bibi uh, probably the 18th ranked club from Istanbul of course every club in Turkey is from Istanbul well, it's, not tr- it's not true it's not true before you all email me there's just quite a few of them you're telling me uh, that
1: Bebe played against Bibi
0: he did oh dear <laughs> 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 it's really going down here we're losing listeners by the <laughs> second here was it? Was it? Was
1: he? Was he good? Uh, I'm gonna guess. I don't know.
0: Right. I, I haven't seen the game. Listeners who watch a lot of Super League, uh, Turkish First Division, email in. Tell us. Was he good?
1: I, I'm gonna guess though. Probably not that good. Right. Most likely because he wasn't that good, and then he'd done his cruciate. So I. Uh, yeah. I watched a video of that performance. Who was it against?
0: A- against Wolves. And actually, I don't think that was his worst performance ever. And actually, I thought away at West Ham where he basically spent the whole evening staring at his shoes because he was so traumatised by the, the lack of touch he had. But but the one the video someone's cut together against, of his performance against Wolves is hilarious. It's the one where he spanks every cross about 50 yards over the goal and uh, can't control the thing and looks like a complete amateur after a 16-pipe uh, night before playing the game and that could of course be exactly what Bebe is. <laughs> yeah could. On the mess and all no that.
1: One, no one has any way of telling whether that's the case or not given his history.
0: Big issue sir, big issue. Uh,
1: outrageous. So we've had a question talking of United wingers who's the better winger, Valencia or Kunchauskas? That's a question from Tom Patterson this is United wingers at, Great at the other end of the spectrum. Very good question.
0: Well I, one thing I'd say that uh, swings that one in Kunchauskas' favour is that he scored a lot of goals. Uh, He's a man who got in the right position and, and and Valencia doesn't quite do that at the moment they had a good chance against Fulham didn't put it away you, you think that Val- uh, Kincelskis probably would have put that one away Valencia got a great all-round game though a great defensively Kincelskis wasn't always Valencia plays in an age where the full-back is king You know, probably doesn't help him so I- I'm not I'm not sure who I'd pick I'd say that uh, over the piece Valencia needs to score more goals ok
1: so. we've had a question from at sporty Muslimer saying create your complete footballer selecting ability from various players and she adds by default the smile has to be that of Rafa De Silva. And at no heroes here says also the beard has to be David De Gea's. I would seriously question that. If any footballer, perfect footballer is being assembled, he's having Socrates' beard.
0: Ah, yes. Very good. Well, I mean, you'd want the, the pace of and the power of Cristiano, the silky feet of... Leo Messi, the dribbling skills of George Best, the killer instinct of Dennis Law, the shooting power of Bobby Charlton, the drive and determination of Roy Keane or Brian Robson the balance of Ryan Giggs the passing vision of Paul Scholes. Are these all United players I'm picking here? I think I picked a couple that
1: weren't. <laughs> well, you, you, Messi, you had Messi and basically the best United players ever. I, I think that's a pretty good shout for the perfect footballer. The other thing that you could do is you could just take the footballing ability of Paul Scholes and the time machine ability of doc from back to the future and combine the two and pull skulls five years ago and that's it job done
0: <laughs> there you go easy easy answer yeah
1: i like i like yours though but yeah definitely socrates's beard that's that's the point i'm i'm sticking with at darrell armstrong asks what do you think our midfield partnership for uh, next year will be youth in pogba and cleverly or tried and tested in carrick and skulls oh dear some sort of mix of the two i think
0: yeah i mean a central midfielder is definitely on the agenda for Summer. Uh, I would hope. Uh, I mean, God knows what actual kind of fun is Fergie has, and the word I've heard at least is that it's not much especially given the IPO won't be until at least the autumn now. Unlikely that United will go spend millions on Hazard and and others that might be in the market so yeah, probably will be a mix of Carrick, Skulls, Pogba if he stays cleverly, if he stays fit Anderson if he keeps off the burgers
1: Any chance to have a dig at Anderson and you'll take it, won't you
0: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Um, rightly so as well Your point is? Talking of having a dig Do we have to
1: discuss the Red Issue cover or can we just ignore it?
0: Uh, I I mean, you know, we discussed this with Red Issue, didn't we, last week. I mean, I have to say I'm a bit dismayed. I mean, this is a fanzine that I had copy number one of whole massive box full of them and collected them for years and they seem to have got lost in a move somewhere along the line but uh, so a very very long time reader of Red History and it's always been close to the edge hasn't it in terms of its editorial but I think the editorial standards have dropped uh, I don't mean in terms of the crudeness of the editorial it's always been like that I just mean in terms of the quality of the editorial so it's definitely dropped uh, they're, they're, a, they're a fanzine that has the inside scoop uh, and that's, you know certainly plays a role but, but they have a currently whoever's looking after after their twitter feed is a very angry young or i suspect old man who uh, is making some very inappropriate comments and i i get the general point they're making the general point they're making is that there's was hysteria about Fabrice moamba and people are joining in the grief as they puss it and you know, grief junkies and and in a way that has happened because there's a bandwagon that formed and everyone jumped on it fair enough you know but uh, not that it was wrong in any way to do that but they're just very inappropriate in the way they're putting it we get the joke we're not done. I get what they're saying. Uh, I, I don't think their response to it is very good. And when you start name-calling in pretty crude ways, you know, random people who might well be your readers and your customers, you've got a real problem.
1: I mean, they they say, you know, well, best sales we've had on a night game all season, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I get the joke. I don't think... Yeah, that's what happens if you hit the gutter. I mean, I, I get the joke. I, I don't think it's a subject that's actually worthy of satire. That's the the thing. And I think that the satire... It, I, I think there are, there are so many things in the actual real world and in football that are worthy of satire where satire can draw attention to the heart of the matter but in this case i actually think the satire is really wide of the mark in terms of drawing attention to what's really going on because uh, you know people were like up in arms and, and and a lot of other people were saying oh you're idiotic if you're offended by that cover it's not having a go at muamba in the slightest it's like I know it's not having a grow at Muamba. It's just stupid and it's just ignorant. It's like the to to say that the thing that's really worthy of satire in our society is that people are too expressive about their emotions and too quick to jump on a bandwagon of trying to share sympathy and make sense of a really hard to fathom and hard for, specifically hard for the way human beings are wired to deal with situation, it's just like, well, come on, what have FIFA done this week? They've probably done a thousand, you know, a hundred things more worthy of satire. The Manchester United PLC have almost certainly done something this week more worthy of satire than people struggling with how they deal with mortality on a, on a kind of macro scale, where right? I don't mean individuals struggling with it. I mean, society struggling with it. And, and this kind of, uh, what gets called dianification is a byproduct of that, it's 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 not people just being facile. I'm sure there are some people who are just being facile, but the wider picture is much more complex than that, and worthy of a much more measured discussion, given the significance of the the seriousness of the issues. Anyway, that's what I thought. I thought it was stupid. Pretty pretty much, yeah. And and that's a shame because
0: Red Issue has a platform. It's uh, United. It's one of United's oldest fanzines, and uh, I think they can do a lot better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and interesting that we mentioned Red Issue and Ken Kanchelskis in the same week. Uh, Their description of Kanchelskis, I believe it was in the season write-up for the 94-95 season, has lived with me my whole life. Was he still there in 94-95? I've got the right season, yeah, I have, I think.
0: Yes, like a cat with mustard on his balls, I believe was the description.
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the one. I guess that brings us nicely on to Blackburn. I can't work out how it does, but... but there you go, uh, Blackburn game coming up at the weekend. Uh, traditionally not a fixture we've done terribly well in, although didn't we win the title there last season?
0: I'll be getting the Coleman's out and rubbing it all over the Gentlemen's. No, uh, we won the title at Blackburn not that long ago. Or we blew the title at Blackburn not that long ago and Dimtal Berbatov had a big hand in that one and so did Thomas Cusack and all of that it's it's been one of those places where there's been some classic games I think and and also some dismal failures and uh, it's the latter the pessimistic side of me that uh, worries about this one especially with Blackburn coming into some sort of form I mean it's not real form is it but uh, but they, they could definitely give United a game this week don't you think
1: yeah no question about it I mean they of course gave us our worst moment of the season domestically speaking well in the league by beating us at Old Trafford uh, in a game that quite literally no one expected them to win I'm sort of I feel better about this I I think we're going to win this game I think he'll play a full strength side I think uh, we'll have Skulls and Carrick back in the central midfield Um, I think there's a decent chance that we'll look like a proper team again after Monday night's stuttering performance
0: Well, I hope so, and I I hope the fact that Blackburn picked up 10 points in the last six games will will register with the team and they'll go, we need some intensity here, we need to really focus, this is a tough game, this isn't a game where we just turn up and win, this is one where the title could rest on it. Huge, huge huge again if United win and a real problem if United don't and you know should the result go against us and I think City play Sunderland at home don't they something like that then it could be another big swing in the Premier League once again and we're going to have a few
1: yeah no absolutely and and, you know we'll be broken records for the next few weeks probably won't we unless things go very differently to how we expect because I think every weekend United are going to have to be incredibly professional and this is another occasion which they're going to have to show the, the best of their title grinding out selves I, I would say it's going to be De Gea, Rafael, Evans, Ferdinand, Evra, Valencia, Scholes, Carrick, Young and then maybe Hernandez and Rooney given how poor Welbeck was on Monday night I, I think that sounds like a reasonably likely starting lineup what do you reckon?
0: Yes or, or Fergie will go mad and he'll play uh, 15 players out of position. Yeah
1: Park G Sung at left back it, it's happened before <laughs> it has it Yeah. Has. Ma-
0: maybe this is the time to make six changes and yeah rest everyone after you've got had a week off yeah th- that's a good thing about having one game a week I mean I think we've only actually got one midweek game before now in the end of the season so yeah pretty much one game a week uh, there's there's really no excuse for Fergie to tinker which is which is a good thing because I think rhythm at this time of the season is very important
1: he can't stop himself though he had absolutely no good reason to tinker against Fulham and he was like just think if I drop skulls it'll be more fun for me I'm bored of writing the same thing on the team sheet every week yes <laughs> he likes to mix it up doesn't he Sir Alex he certainly does and a final Twitter question before we call it a day at I am Scalman says identify two young potential signings that are cheap one a creative midfielder and one a striker and he suggests maybe a Giuseppe Rossi comeback would fit in perfectly with the new speedy system don't we have an option on him uh, he's moved hasn't he since since that
0: no, no, he's still at Villarreal. Oh, he's, okay. uh, he's been injured for a lot of the season, so so Rossi is desperate to return to United. Keeps keeps uh, tweeting about it. Keeps mentioning it. He's been in the papers saying it. So he'd love to. Don't think that's a go. Uh, Vill- Villarreal want to sell. Uh, This is the first time they've really actively sought to sell. Obviously, the Yellow Submarine have absolutely tanked this season. They could still go down. Uh, And if they do, he won't be that expensive. I can't see it happening. I'd be really surprised. And back to the actual question, I have no idea. I don't know. There aren't any creative midfielders that are cheap anymore. I mean, apart from, you know, I don't know. Mesut Ozil who was what 12 million pounds I mean there's no value in the market is there Paul
1: no there isn't but I mean you know the Ozil signing it always gets talked about as this this kind of wonderful glorious moment of value in the market but the reason that it was so much value in the market is that the player was so insistent on going to Real Madrid and that, you know, it, he just wouldn't have gone anywhere else. So they got him a, an absolute snip. So so this is an interesting one, right? So the same, the same principle in operation here.
0: When United buy a player uh, for many years, we talked about the, the United premium because United wanted to play, even though the player wanted to go to no other club than United. Uh, let's talk about Luis Saha. Very good case in point here. He refused to go anywhere else. He only wanted to move to United. It was agreed between all parties. United even paid £2 million agent fee. Uh, when the player wanted to move nowhere else. So a big premium on that one. And same situation with Mesut Ozil. No premium at all. In fact, a massive discount. So interesting factor there.
1: Conspiracy. That's what Liverpool and Manchester City fans would be saying I I didn't know this was a thing by the way I've legitimately never seen this before this season the whole idea that somehow there is a global conspiracy funded by Sky because Manchester United are the most important uh, team in terms of Sky subscriptions Uh, so there's a huge conspiracy to keep Manchester United winning the league regardless of what happens I I legitimately did not know this was a thing that other fans said and it seems to me that they don't know it may them sound mental. <laughs> yeah, it really does
0: make them sound mental. And and in fact, good healthy competition is what drives viewing figures. Uh, many, many people do tune in to see United win. Many many people tune in to see United lose. Fact is, they uh, just get big television figures. And there's uh, we have a pool system in England where the rights are sold collectively. Really doesn't make any difference at all whether United win or lose to Sky. But there you go. I mean, uh, why uh, why throw a rational argument into that pile of dross? So talking of py- of dross, our predictions, Paul. Uh, we have a weekly effort at doing this one and a weekly failure. So let's give it a shot again.
1: We've got a lot riding on it now because we have a listener who is putting a pound on our predictions each week, and then we'll go to unitedrant.co.uk/donate. <coughs> Dro- dropping hints there, um, and uh, he's putting putting the winnings onto the site. Now I have to say. There have not yet been any winnings, and there is unlikely to be any in the future. But it's worth us having a go. Before we move on to our predictions, I did say that last question would be our final Twitter question, but given that we singularly failed to answer it, I want to take on one more from @dylan_mufc14, who asks, "Who would in a f- who would win in a fight between me and you, Ed?" That was, <laughs> it's like not even close. A, we've known each other since we were since I was three and you were four, and we've never had a fight. And uh, Long may that continue But Ed is like Ed would batter me in a fight If it ever really came down to it I would have no chance
0: I don't, I don't know that I'm much good at fighting I've never really tried but you know I I, could, I might get some practice in just to...
1: just in case maybe we'll fight over our predictions I'm going to say that Manchester United are going to win by two goals to one
0: very good any particular reason for that uh, thought yes
1: I think that we're going to be somewhat comfortable maybe even go 2-0 up and then get a little nervy and let one in and then it'll all go a bit weird And but we'll scrape through somehow thanks to an amazing David De Gea save
0: fair enough very good detailed prediction now I wonder if our fan can put a uh, pound on all of those things in an accumulator <laughs> so I, I think United are going to win 1-0 I think we'll we'll go there and we'll try and shut them down and it won't be pretty uh, but it will be effective and we'll be still be at least three points top of the league God, I
1: hope that will be just it's going to be so amazing if we can win the league this season it seemed so unlikely three months ago But, you know, United just keep on trucking, don't they? They're just a relentless league-winning machine, and long may it continue
0: certainly should hope everyone enjoys the weekend's game all depends on the result this time of the season and when we'll see you for next week's Rantcast
1: yeah absolutely in the meantime if you want to get hold of us twitter.com slash united rant or utd Rantcast. ed is united rant i'm utd Rantcast. you can throw us up a review on itunes which uh, a few of you have done over the past week and it is absolutely mega appreciated and um, as would be a trip to united uk slash donate help us cover the running costs of the rantcast. but we promise not to bang on about that too much
0: okay and have a good week see you next week